Road Baptist Podcast. Today's special guest, Pastor Josh from Engaged Church in Duluth, Minnesota, will be not only giving us a great sermon, but some great stories about Pastor Dave, because I guess they grew up together. Ought to be interesting. Hey, if you're looking for a church or not quite sure what church is all about, head over to Houghton Baptist. We'd be really happy to have you. You can get some more information on our website, including location, phone number, that kind of stuff, what we're about, you know. Check it out. We'd love to have you. You can come as you are. We do. I hope you enjoy the podcast and have a great day. Um, again, uh, Dave, yeah, I grew up a little bit with Dave there. We didn't know each other when we were too young, but kind of more of those uh, late middle school years and, and high school years. And I, I like the guy. The only problem that I have, he's got a little bit, you know, we all have like that thorn in our side and, and this Dallas Cowboys fan thing. Like, we really need to gather around this man and pray for him. You know, it's like, it's almost as bad as being a Green Bay fan. I mean, we just can't. All right, I'm not starting off good here. Maybe we should start over. No, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, my name is Josh. I, I pastor a church in Duluth, Minnesota. And um, we actually started the church two years ago. Uh, very exciting things that are happening. We, we went into Duluth. My wife and I had never lived there. We traveled through there just to get to the UP because I'm from Munising. And we were living out in Bismarck, North Dakota. It... I love this country, but for some reason out there, there's like one tree in like a thousand square miles. So just, you know, if you want to visit it, go for it. But it's really windy, and and this is a good spot to be. Let's put it that way. Um, So we moved over there, started a church, and we actually are what you would call a mobile church. We have to set up and tear down. So as we speak, um, there's there's like 50 people right now that are just committed to um, reaching people for Jesus. And so they're setting chairs up. They're setting our kids' ministry up. And it's just an awesome thing. We meet in an event center um, where they hold like concerts. So they had like a WWF event a couple weeks ago. I mean, they do crazy things, and we get to have church on Sunday mornings there. Um, it's just been amazing. We started with eight people two years ago, and now um, on our responsibility list, people that call engage their church home, it's about 185 people, and we average about 110, 115 on Sunday morning experiences. So yeah, it's that's that's all God, and that's a wonderful thing. So we're excited about that. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for inviting us here. And again, thanks, Dave. It's awesome. Like, it's really cool to, to get around and, and uh, let some other people see that uh, Pastor Josh and Steph don't have to be there for things to happen. Um, it's awesome. So I got to tell you guys about a little bit, starting off here, just about my week. Um, I just had one of those kind of crazy weeks. You know, like we got this, uh, we got this bill in the mail you know, that we weren't really expecting, and we've been doing this, like, whole budget thing, because we're going to Florida and Haiti in February, so, like, you know, of course, things have to happen, so we get this bill in the mail, it was, like, $120, we just weren't expecting, so naturally, I ripped it up and threw it out, and I'm just, I'm just kidding, um, no, um, so, you know, we get this bill, and that's just a little bit frustrating, but you move on, um, we were actually getting ready to head here yesterday, we woke up, and our van tire on the front was just completely flat, like, on a rim, I call around, and and Duluth is just big enough of a city. It's about 87,000 people. It's just big enough of a city where you can't call, like, you know, Ron's auto body and just kind of get in, like, hey, we, you know, we played football together. Give me a tire or something. It just doesn't happen like that, you know? 
And um, so it was like, well, you'll have to wait all day. And, and so we piled everybody into the, the car, which is fine. Um, in, in my rush, I actually somehow forgot my technology. I left my iPad at home. Uh, thank God I brought my Bible. And so I have like my, my uh, I don't know, 1985 handy-dandy notebook that has my uh, sermon notes on it. So we'll get through this. But um, just a number of things. I, thought, I forgot my belt. I for, you know, so I'm walking down and my, my pants are starting to fall down. And, and, uh, and so I asked the lady at the front desk and I said, you got any safety pins or anything? So my belt is safety pins right now. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing, like, what kind of week I've had. And, and I just have to imagine that some of us in here have probably had a similar type of week. I mean, maybe you didn't forget your belt. But, um, you know, life is like that. It's, it's just hard. And, and so really what I want to do today, what I feel like the Lord's asked me to do, is just come in here and encourage us in our commitment to the Lord, encourage us in our commitment and our faith, and just give us something that can drive us forward in life, because I know I need that. And so I'd like to just open up with a little bit of prayer here, if that's okay with you guys. Lord, we love you this morning. We just, we give you all the glory. Um, you know, the, it, it's a little cloudy out there, but the sun's shining above that. And we, we just look outside, we see, we see you in everything, just the weather, the seasons. It, it's just amazing. We just give you so much glory. We thank you for the ones that are here this morning, the ones listening online. Um, just, we're just asking that you continue to be present. You know, we, if, if you're not present, then this is really all for nothing. And so we just seek after you this morning, and we ask you to, uh, we, we, we put our experiences and maybe what we think we know, we just put those aside for the next few minutes, and, and we just want to be fed with something that you have for us this morning, something new, something fresh. And we thank you that you're a God that brings new beginnings and, and uh, new wine, as we're going to talk about today. So we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Yeah, so I want to, uh, this, this won't be up on the screen, but out of the mouth of Jesus in Revelation, there's a, there's a verse, there's, there's some words that he said that we can't just look at this and, and kind of skim over and move past. And we have a tendency when we look in Scripture, we do that. We, we've read through it maybe a few times, or maybe it's our first time, and, and we just kind of skim over some things. And, and I, would, I would encourage us to slow down, even if it's one passage for an entire week, and just... Just kind of focus on what that means in our life, because this is a very sobering passage in Revelations 3.16. This is out of the mouth of Jesus. He says, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of your mouth, my mouth. That, that's sobering. You know, anybody had like, ever had like cold tomato soup? I mean, maybe some of us like that. I don't like tomato soup anyhow, unless I'm dipping grilled cheese. But I mean, it, you know, just think of like kind of cold tomato soup. Like this is not good. And Jesus is saying when, when our faith, when our trust is him, in Him is kind of this teeter-totter thing, like, like one day we're fired up because we maybe got a goosebump on a goosebump, or, or we maybe heard a truth, or something positive happened, we're, we're all for Him, we're fired up, we might even tell somebody. That's when we go out and we, you know, we stamp the Jesus tattoo on us, or, or we get the necklace with the cross, or we put the bumper sticker like, I heart Jesus, whatever that is. Um, you know, we, we do those things, but when you have a week like I just had, you know, we start to question. It's always, you know, why me, God? Why is this happening to me? Or where are you? Or, or maybe we don't seek Him at all. Maybe we don't seek Him at all. And what He's really saying there is, guys, that's not the kind of faith that I desire for you. 
That's not what I'm seeking out. That's not my best for you. See, Jesus wants us white hot on fire all the time. This may sound kind of exhausting, but we'll, we'll speak into this today a little bit and maybe give us just a little bit of an idea of what that looks like. Because that sounds like a hard task right off the bat. I understand that. But whether we're seeking Him, maybe for some of the first time in our life, we're, we're kind of coming back to Him um, and, and, we're, and we're seeking after Him, He wants that seeking to be with our entire heart, with all of our energy, looking for Him, searching Scriptures, Blowing up Pastor Dave's phone at two in the morning, asking him the questions in there. You know, don't do that. I'm just kidding. But um, see, I like this. I can get I can get him a little bit of trouble right now. This is kind of fun. Um, whether we've been following him for years, he wants us wholeheartedly, white hot, following him. I know that this isn't necessarily a new idea, and and I think that all of us in here, we want to be devoted to Him in that way. I don't think there's a person in here that doesn't desire to be white hot for Jesus, to be following Him with everything that we have. The problem is we get distracted. We get distracted very easily, and there's a number of things that can distract us. It can be stress at work. You know, we're just we're, we're missing deadlines, or we're coming up against a deadline, and, and now we're just so focused on work that it, that it just brings us a little bit away from Jesus. It could be the uh, maybe we struggle with judgment. We're just we just are highly critical of people. It's it's just something that we're not happy with ourselves about, but it's kind of our secret thing, and we're we're constantly you know like lurking around and looking, and, and what can we point out in people. Kind of like I did about Dave and the Dallas Cowboys. See, there you go, Lord. Thank you for that. I need to, need to learn this as well. You know, it can, it can be in holding on to the past. Some of us, you know. My, my wife is just a person that she really uh, doesn't like change, to be honest with you. It's, it's hard for her. It, and me, I can change every day. It's just like whatever. It's all cool. And I understand that. So some of that's like our personality that we have to kind of come up against. These are... These are uh, uh, not horrible things, but they're things that we get caught up. A lot of time in church, we can get caught up in tradition. The way things used to be, and the way things should be, and the way things that we kind of perceive it to be. And these things distract us. It, it can bring us into bitterness. Some of us have unforgiveness. And ultimately, when, when we get to these places, we're tempted to seek after security in our possessions, in people, um, in our abilities. And that's all great. None of those things are bad. But with the absence of seeking after Christ first, seeking after God, that really leads us in a life that just brings us to places that are just empty. And not really full of much. In Jeremiah 2, 2, it says this. We're going to kind of go through a little bit of Scripture today, break it down, just talk about it. But Jeremiah 2, 2, this is uh, Jeremiah was a prophet called by God. Um, he did some amazing things, but he goes and he talks to the northern kingdom and he's talking to Judah here. He calls it Jerusalem because that's the capital city of Judah. And, and, and here it goes. So in, in verse 2 here, it says, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember your devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness. Through the land not sown. You know, I, I want to stop there just for a moment because we all um, appreciate a friend or, or a boss or, or whatever. We appreciate a friend that shows up 
and sticks with their commitment. You know, I was a, I, I was a golf pro for nine years, and not, not like a pro like see me on TV, believe me, I was not that. But I was a teaching pro. I could really mess up your golf game, and you just had to pay me for it kind of thing. And so I did that, and it allowed me to, to be around uh, a lot of different places. It was awesome. And, and I was living in Florida, and I had this friend. Being a golf pro, I could get people on the golf course for free, and I actually like to do that once in a while. And I had this friend. He, he didn't have tons of money, loved to play golf, and so we would always schedule like a, uh, a tea time. And I can't tell you how many hot dogs I ate waiting for this guy that never showed up. It's like you're getting like free golf. We have a tea time at 3 o'clock, and like 4 o'clock I'd get the phone call like, sorry man, not going to be able to make it today. It's like, you know, you could have told me that uh, hours before. And we're still friends, believe it or not, but, but we appreciate people that show up to their commitment. Right? We appreciate a friend that stays true to what they say they're going to do. And this is what we see out of the heart of God right here. Is He's like, I remember your devotion. A lot of times we look at God and we kind of just think that He's this machine in the sky. You know, He's there, then we, we kind of uh, take Him off the shelf when we want Him, or, or He's there to wave a magic wand. But I was, I was recognizing this verse here as I was worshiping in Revelation 5.13, to Him who sits on the throne and is the Lamb to be praised, honor, and glory, and power forever. This is a God, the Creator of the universe, the one that breathed life into us, the one who is worthy of our worship. He's saying he appreciates when we show up. He appreciates when we stick with our commitment. He appreciates and was pleased by the devotion of his people. This is what brings joy to his heart. Because he knows that our devotion to him is his best for our lives. It'll take us down the roads we need to go. It'll bring us to the spots we need to be. It'll bring the joy, the peace, the confidence that we need to get through the troubled weeks that we have week in and week out. This thing called life. We need them. And what really stuck out to me here, though, is not just the devotion of these people, but almost this like blindly following God. I just kind of started to think, what would that look like in a local church? If it was just like, man, we just have this, we know God is on the throne, and we know that He's moving us forward, and we are just going to go. We're going to go in our finances. We're going to get out of the boat in our community. We're, gonna, we're just going to go. We're devoted to Him. We're connected with Him. We're plugged in. We're engaged with Him. And we're just going to do what He is asking us to do. Some of us would say that's irrational. But I think that's right where God wants us. I call that white-hot faith. Locked and loaded, ready to do His work. Ready to be His Arms and feet and legs. What saddens me is as we go on, this, uh, you know, I promise this will get encouraging. <laughs> but uh, as we go on in Jeremiah in verse 5, it doesn't really take long for things to turn around for these people. He says this in verse 5 This is what the Lord says What fault did your ancestors find in me? What fault did they find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. And I have to think that <clears throat> we're all friends here. We're connected in the global church, okay? But I have to think that this is where a lot of us live sometimes. Is that what fault did we find in God that we've just kind of strayed? That we've maybe strayed even just as simple from maybe it's our prayer life. 
Maybe it's, it, maybe it's in, our, in, our, in our generosity. Maybe it's in our, in our trust, in our, in our devotional life where we're, where we're opening up Scripture and we're just learning about Him. Maybe it's our commitment to Sunday morning service to where we can just come in and, and be a part of community. I just think that we find ourselves here often separated from God. We know we believe. We know that something's happened in our life at one point. But we feel a little bit stagnant, lost, and, and a little bit separated. Even though our minds are believing and we have some knowledge, but our hearts are far from Him. In fact, there's Scripture that says, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God's always pursuing the heart. And what happens there is, I want to go over these words, because in, especially in days of political correctness, let's just say the Old Testament had none of that. You know, uh, CNN and Fox News would not like the verbiage in the Old Testament. They'd be going nuts. But they followed worthless idols. So that word worthless there is absolutely that. It, it means it. It's worthless. They were firing, they were following, you know, wood and statues and water and fire and, and smoke and like whatever they could think of that could be, you know, kind of mystical, if you will. Uh, they were, they would follow that and it was absolutely worthless. It's, it's as worthless as us worshiping this pulpit. We don't need to worship this. It's wood. It serves a purpose, but it, it can leave. You know, it's not something that we put a devotion into. So that's exactly what that worthless means. But in the next verse, <clears throat> this is where uh, we have to make an understanding because it says, and uh, talking about them, they became worthless themselves. And the worthless here is, first of all, God would never look on any of his children as worthless. God loves you in your darkest hour as much as he loves you in your brightest hour, which is a concept not many of us can think of because we think that we have to earn that. That's a grace we don't deserve, we can't earn, and amen for it. That's why a lot of us are here today. But this worthless that he's talking about here is they become worthless themselves. They become worthless of their witness to other people. Now what God are you worshiping? You're worshiping these worthless things. You're you're ineffective in sharing your faith when you're disconnected and not plugged in with God. When you're not white hot For Jesus, we can be very ineffective. We can be working on things and not have much to show for it, which is actually where it goes into verse 13 here in Jeremiah 2. It says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, and some translations say abandoned me. I kind of like that verbiage a little bit better for what we're talking about. But they have abandoned me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So, in this, in this worthless uh, worship, in this, in this putting things before God that, that we all can find ourselves doing, sometimes it's innocent. We're just having that week that's like, it's just piling up, piling up. And that's when we should run after Him the most. We, we actually do two things. We abandon the spring of living water, our life source. I mean, when I think of the spring of living water, I'm thinking of like, you know, you guys got a lot of beautiful lakes up here. I don't know if there's any waterfalls or whatever that is, but like crystal clear, ice cold, just quenching the thirst works every time, water. Just pure, you know? And that's our source. That's what, that's what God wants to be in our lives. He wants to be that source for us. When you're feeling down, He wants to be your joy. When you're lost and you're not sure what direction, He wants to guide you. He wants to just be a part. 
be a part of your life. He wants to be in relationship. And this is the principle that he's saying. He's like, you know, they forsake. In other words, really what he's saying is they chose their sin over me. And what really breaks my heart, what really breaks my heart is that they decided to go their own way. They started to uh, dig their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And what cisterns were, were basically just uh, like, like deep holes in the middle of the city, on the side of a city. And it, and it was, uh, they would dig them, and it was really like sewage. Like it would catch the rainwater. There would probably be rats down in these things. I mean, they were like a nasty, nasty thing. Right? They were, they were for the, the garbage, the runoff. So it just didn't pile up in streets. That's what these were, and that's what he's talking about. And what he's saying is, when they go about it, when they're not plugged in with God, when they're not connected to the source of living water, that we can do a whole lot of good things, but all we're doing is digging and digging and digging. And I would just say, I've been there before, where I'm doing a whole lot of things, but I guess God just really wasn't in it because it was what I wanted. It was my will. It was my desire. It was what I thought should happen. And let me tell you, that is when I get the most exhausted in life. That's an exhausting life to live. Because these cisterns aren't just holes that are going to grab something. These cisterns are holes with cracks in them. They're not even good for the runoff water that that really just means nothing. That's an exhausting life for us to live. And so here's where... (coughs) Excuse me. I apologize. So that's really the wake-up call. That, that's really the, you know, if the cup of coffee didn't wake you up this morning, this should. This is where we just need to wake up and we have to realize that it's time to evaluate ourselves. These are the kind of verses that bring us back to say, okay, Lord, it's time for me to, to just kind of look inward, look in the mirror and see where I'm at with this. This is not meant to shame us. This is not meant to hinder us and, and bring the joy out of our life and be like, man, Josh said he wanted to be positive today. Dave, don't have him back. That was very discouraging. Because here's the truth. So many of us maybe at this moment feel convicted. Maybe we feel like we have had that happen in our lives a little bit, that we've, we've really abandoned that living water. Like we have that belief, but that relationship is gone for some reason. We're not even sure why we got where we got. And it does. It feels like we're kind of digging these cisterns. We're doing things our way and we're seeking for answers in our finances, in our relationships, in our addictions. But we're not seeking Him first. We're not asking His direction. We're trying to do things on our own because that means we're strong and not weak. But let me remind you that God's Word says that when we are weak, He's made strong. That's what brings Him the glory. Our weakness brings Him the glory. And so here's the truth this morning is that God loves you right where you are. God loves you right where you are. This is why we have no shame in this. But He doesn't want to leave you where you are. If you're seeking, if you've never thought about Jesus before, or if you're this follower of many, many years, He wants to take you to a new place. And here's the awesome, awesome news of this whole little first part of this four-hour message that we have here this morning. Kidding. Uh, the good news here is that we don't have to cling to broken promises of cracked cisterns. We don't have to cling to those things. 
We don't have to buy into the shame. We don't have to buy into the guilt. We don't have to buy into the exhaustion. You want to know why? Because God promises to constantly refresh us with living water. That is good news here this morning. So how do we receive that? How do we receive that living water? How do we get ourselves in in a posture to receive? And that's what I'm excited here this morning to tell you. We can move on past this. It's an awesome, awesome thing. God's Word is so awesome. So I'm going to read these two verses and then we'll come back and we'll kind of break them down. I was really kidding about the four-hour thing too, by the way. You're all like, oh man. So in um, Matthew 9, 16 and 17, it says this. It says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch would pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Verse 17, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about this. You know, um, in verse 16, I'll just read it one more time. Just verse 16 here. It says, No one sews a patch, or yeah, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto an old garment. The patch will pull away and rip the garment, making the tear worse. I don't know why. Every time I read this verse, it just reminds me of my dad. My dad thinks there is nothing that you can't fix with, with, a, with a screwdriver and a roll of duct tape. I mean, that's just, you know, you can fix a broken heart with a roll of duct tape. I mean, He's just, he's just all about it. And it, it just reminds me of that. Here's a truth, is that sometimes, sometimes we find ourselves distant and, and maybe abandoning God when we felt so devoted at one time because what we're trying to do with our sin is we're just trying to patch it up. We're just trying to do enough on the surface to where maybe other people won't lean in and you know, our close friends and ask us about that. You know, we, we, we put little patches. Maybe we put patches on our addiction where we say, you know what, I'm just going to go three days. If I can go three days, maybe I can go four. But we're never sold out wholeheartedly saying, Lord, I'm weak, I need your strength. And we go day by day by day until we're free. See, I actually struggled hard with alcohol. Very hard with alcohol. And uh, it was just something that I really never saw myself overcoming but I can tell you here, and this is, I, I believe in recovery, I believe in all those ministries and things like that, but my personal story was when I gave my heart to God and I said, do whatever you want with me, please don't kill me or break my legs or something in a car accident to wake me up. I'm trying to wake up here, Lord. Please don't hurt me. But I will give you my life. I give you my life if you just help me get this alcohol in my system. I won't touch it again. My life, but just don't hurt me. And from that day forward, I haven't, and I believe that I was delivered. I was delivered from that disease, from that ailment. It's exciting stuff. But I tried patching it up numerous times. Well, I'll stay off the hard stuff and I'll just go to like the Budweiser, you know, or or I'll only have a drink when I'm eating. And then you just find yourself what really happened was that patch turned into this tear that was so much worse. Because then I stopped believing in myself. And at my lowest point, I remember I was, I was not in a good place, and, and I'm not proud of this, by the way, 
But I wasn't in a good place, and I, I remember I had a bottle of Jack Daniels, and, and, and I was very, I should have been sleeping already. But I wasn't, and, I, and I, I had spent all my money on booze, really, and things I didn't need to, and so I had a dresser, a broken bed, literally, that was like halfway in my room, and uh, the dresser mirror I had not even put up on my dresser. It was just leaning in the corner, and I remember sitting on my tile floor, and I looked in the mirror at myself, and I, I, I know, Lord, let me be sober for this moment to be just seared into my brain. And I said, this is as good as you'll ever be. This is who you are. You're really nobody. And I just dropped the jack and woke up the next morning. But the unique thing through that is I gave up on myself in that moment. I really did. But God continued to pursue me. That's what's crazy about his love. My devotion was gone. I wasn't even shoveling for cisterns. I was just jumping off a cliff, basically. God didn't give up on me. And actually, days after that event, this uh, woman came into my life, and I started to see value in life again. And, and God just did a number of things, and it was over a few years. Nothing happened at, uh, like right off the bat, but it was over a few years, and now I'm married to that woman, and, and we, we lead a church, and God's just got us on a path of awesomeness. We still have weeks like last week. We're human, but God's got something for us. So, so we can't patch up. And, and I just want to say, because I would say this to, to our leaders, and if I can be so bold, I just want to kind of challenge the leadership of the, of the church, pastor and, and all the leaders, is that when we look at ministry, when we look at reaching Houghton, Michigan, when we look at reaching out into the world, we can't look at ministry and think that a patch is going to bring us to the next place. And that's a hard thing. I've walked through many uh, uh, church boards that, that struggle with this because we all want what's best for our local ministries. We get that. But sometimes a, a quick patch to hold things kind of together of maybe the old ways versus where God has you going, it can really make a tear worse. It's just food for thought. That's all I'm saying. No, no, you know, I don't want to go any farther. But I would say that we have conversation like that at Engage, because the truth is, if we're going to reach no, people nobody's reaching in Houghton, we've got to do things nobody's doing in Houghton. And that's what God has for us, which leads me into the, the next thing, is verse uh, 17, where it says, Neither do people pour wine, or sorry, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and the both are preserved. The, the wineskin thing here, just a little bit of the background is, take actually like goat hide, and they would sew them together. In fact, I noticed in the bulletin that there's like uh, kind of an uh, illustration of that up there. If you want to look at that, it's, it's very similar. They would take goat hide, and actually some parts of the world still do this. They'd sew them together and kind of make these little jugs, and they would let the wine for men in there. The problem is if you have a hide that's old, it's, it's kind of rigid like beef jerky rather than something like a balloon. And as wine ferments in there, it expands. And so if you have something that's very rigid, boom, it explodes. And now you have all this wine that's, that's you know, dripping on the ground and not good, obviously, for anybody. And you've got to throw that wine skin out. So they would, they would have to, if they were, you know, brewing new wine or whatever you want to call it. I don't know the, the recipe or anything, but they would actually have to take fresh wineskins so that it had room to expand and room to, 
room to grow. And so we know that Jesus is not uh, about material things, but he's about the matter of our hearts. And this illustration is saying that what, what Jesus, this is out of the mouth of Jesus, we can't dance around this. We can't dodge this one. This is just truth. What he's telling us is that our hearts need to have new wineskins. We, we, we need to be able to expand our capacity of what he wants to give us, the revelation that he wants to give us, the direction that he wants to give us, the change that he wants to make in our own individual lives. We have to be ready for that. And the only way that we can do that is if we are plugged in and white hot on fire for Jesus. That's how we keep these, these new wineskins. He wants to do something new in two areas. He wants to do something new in your individual life. Joy comes in the morning. He is fresh every day. His word never goes void. He wants something new for you. That should excite us. And he wants something new for this local church. I don't know the vision. I, I honestly haven't talked a ton with Dave about that. But I'm just saying, I just know Jesus. And he wants to take Houghton Baptist Church somewhere. You know, the, he's got a vision. And his blessings, they're storehouses full that he just can't wait to dump on you. But he needs the wineskin to be ready because he's not about to let blessings just fall on the ground and be wasted. We have to be in a posture. We have to be ready. See, when we follow Jesus, we must be prepared for new ways. We've got to be prepared for new ways to live. James talks about that we need to submit. Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. That's first. If we want to be able to dodge temptation, if we want to be able to dodge some of the things we struggle with, maybe it's tradition, addiction, anger, rage, shame, guilt, whatever that might be, if we want to be able to resist that, we have to set ourselves up by submitting to God. By coming back to where we started in Jeremiah 2, where he remembers the devotion that we had to him. That white, hot, piping, like crazy, I'm in love with Jesus. There's a theme here today. It's called Love Jesus. You guys haven't seen that. I mean, we got to get there. We have to be prepared. He, he wants us to submit our lives. That means in the morning, the first thing that we do is we just get our perspective right. We just say, God, today is yours, I am yours. And we move on, we move forward, and we continue to do that. And I promise you, like this guy that was sitting on a tile floor, giving up on his life, he moves him, and here I stand in front of you today, years later. And I don't know what God has a year from now, but I can tell you this, he's been rocking my world for like 10, 12 years now. It's new beginnings. I mean, I struggle. I forgot my belt today. But he just does some awesome, awesome things. Submit to God. You want to prepare your heart for new wine? Submit to God. Submit to God. Submit to God. And like Romans says, Romans uh, tells us that he, he will transform our minds and the way that we think. He'll help us in this. You're not alone. Especially you got all these great people around. New ways to live our life. We need to submit to God. That's, that's like one of the things that will happen. A, a second thing that will happen is a new way to look at people. And this is so big to me. 
New way to look at people. So, so we'll be submissive to God and we'll receive this new wine from Him, this new revelation, this new life is, is when we decide we're going to live differently. We're going to give our lives to God. In, in other words, we're going to be uh, what Scripture would say is like sanctified, which is like this huge word. But really what that is, is for years in my life, guys, before I submitted to God, this is what my life looked like. This is what this looks like in a spiritual way. It was me, and then God got to come along. I believe in you, God, but you just get to come along with my day. And when I need you, you know, I'll tap you, and you kind of come in and save the day. If anything goes wrong. But now this is what my life looks like. It's God, and then I go with Him. We have a saying in Duluth, Minnesota. We just say, you know, people will ask us once in a while, like, man, how have you guys grown? What, what are you doing? And we just say, you know what? We're finding where God's working, and we're just joining Him there. We're just finding where God's working, and we're joining Him. Because He's there, and we're just coming along to do what he's asking us to do. We submit to God. The second thing is that what will happen when we have these, these new wineskins, this new, he wants to change and give us new ways to look at people. He wants you, you know, some of you, maybe you've just grown up in the city and you kind of know all the cracks, you know all the, the, the dirt, you know, like, yeah, that person kind of looks right, but I know their life. And, and I get that. I grew up in a town uh, for many, many years and, and things like that. But he wants us to look at people differently. There's a story in the in scripture of this adulterous woman, and much like we're sitting today, they were having like a Bible study, we'll call it, right? They were all sitting around talking about scripture. She was caught in adultery, in it, in the act, and they bring her in, and so she was like not really dressed or anything, and they just throw her in the middle of the of the congregation. I mean, imagine if that happened today, how wild would that be? And by law, by the law, they were supposed to stone her to death. And Jesus says, no, I got some new wineskin. Their tradition said, stone them. They would have walked away guilt-free from that. And in some ways, this sounds harsh, but rightfully so. That's the way that they were trained up. That's their law. Like, like if we speed, we're getting a ticket. If you go knock off the mini-mart and you go to jail for a couple years, Pastor Dave will come see you, but you're kind of where you belong. I mean, there's consequences, right? And that's really the consequence by law that this woman was facing. But Jesus says, I have some new wineskins for you guys. And I'm here now. And I'm showing you the way. And I want to show you how you need to view people in a different way. And he takes his finger and he starts to write in the sand just these words. As all these accusers come around, he starts writing these words. And nobody really knows what the words are, but a lot of scholars believe that he was just listing off sins. Because one by one, the accusers that were holding the stones started to say, oh, I see pride in there. I'm just going to dip this way because I'm guilty too. Or I see lust, or I see greed, or I see shame, or I see judgment. Well, like, whatever that might be. He starts just listening off one by one until it was her and Jesus. And he says, let the one without sin cast the first stone. And he drops it. And he tells her, now, go and sin no more. What do you think that did to that woman's life? What do you think she thought of herself when she was in that sin, honestly? Think she was proud? I doubt it. Think she felt trapped and bonded? I'd believe it. You think she thought anybody would listen to her? Doubt it. But Jesus showed compassion. And he showed everybody around how we should be viewing people in a different light. See, Jesus said that he came for the sick, not the healthy. <coughs> in other words, Houghton Baptist Church is a hospital bed. We should have some sick people in here. We should embrace that. It's scary, though, because it's messy. We're finding that out in Duluth, Minnesota. I'm dealing with things 
uh, my first time leading a church that I like there's some guys that have been doing it for 30 years and they're like better you than me because I've never dealt with that <laughs> so it's really interesting it's messy we call ourselves the messy church but see that's what Jesus did he, he said that he didn't come for the righteous he came for the sinner this was his whole mission was people so we have to look at that and say how am I looking at people give me a new wine skin give me new wine I need to I need you in this Jesus I got to Maybe a struggle with that in this area. See, Jesus looked at it like this. He left the 99 to go after the 1. He kind of got that idea, like, if I'm going to reach somebody that nobody's reaching, I've got to do things that nobody's doing. He's going to change the way you live, give you a new way to live. He's going to give you a new way to look at people, and finally, <coughs> he's going to give you new ways to serve. And this one is actually just really kind of simple, uh, you know, when we really think about it. I, I should say simple, but it's not easy. It's simple because what Jesus is going to do is He's going to give us a new way to serve. And, and when we look at Jesus and His example, like we have in these first three ways, submit to God. Jesus showed us a great example of that. Not your will, but mine, if you could take this cup from me. But He says, I'm stepping aside. I'm going to the cross because I know this is your perfect will. He showed us what it looked like to submit. He showed us what it looked like to look at people in a, in a new way. When the adulterous woman comes in and he drops a stone, he's like, go and sin no more. And then he shows us a way that we serve. We actually lead by, by serving. And he, he has this illustration where he had all his friends around, his closest friends, his disciples, his followers. And he says, I want to serve you guys. And this is what the leader of the group did. The guy that went to the cross for their sins. He gets down and takes the lowest job you could possibly have. And he starts washing their feet. Which sounds really weird to us, and it was probably even weirder then. It was normal then, but I mean more gross then, because they'd walk around kind of sandals barefoot, and I can't even imagine what these guys' feet looked like. Or smelled like. Oof. And Jesus starts washing their feet. Now I can't really give you tons of illustrations on this, because this is somewhere where as you're white hot connected with Jesus... And as you're submitting your life to God, and as you're looking at people in a new light, He is going to drive you somewhere. He's going to call you somewhere to serve. And all I would say is be obedient in that. Walk forward. Don't be scared. Talk to Pastor Dave. Talk to a leader here. Maybe it's serving in your community some way. It's not always your local church, but I bet you there's a place for you here where your giftings and your talents, and God wants to use you to take this local church just a little bit farther. So my challenge for you guys today and this week is to evaluate yourselves. Look at where you're plugged in. And maybe you think, maybe you think, you know, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm plugged in. I think I'm following God. But, but maybe as you evaluate, you say, you know what? Yeah, in this one area, I, I really just haven't been submitting to Him. And I can see where I'm not, I, I am kind of leaving the, the fountain of living water a little bit. Maybe it's just that one area. Maybe it's not this whole mess of things. Maybe some of us came in here today and we're just like, I just kind of came because I was invited and I'm not sure about all this. What I would say is submit to God and just commit to maybe come back here next week so you can hear one more thing about Jesus. Maybe uh, read something in Scripture this week and just ask God, like, do you have something for me? We all have to make a choice and a decision at some point. Maybe some of us, we've just been, we've been teetering in some areas. Maybe it's our generosity. I would say go for it. Go white hot for Jesus. See what he has for you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He's got good things planned. 
Maybe some of us just uh, been curious about greeting at the front door or helping in the kids' ministry, right? Like it just goes on and on. Where can we be plugged in? The first is where it's got to start is we've got to get back. We've got to get white hot for Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, we love you here this morning. Jesus, we thank you that it's so simple to follow you. But it's not easy. We live in a world that, that really just kind of sells things by the way they look. The instantaneous culture that we live in makes us feel like everything has to happen now. And that's just not Christianity. That's not the Christianity that says, I'm following you. Because you say daily that we have to pick up our cross and we have to choose to follow you. That, that there's no goosebump feeling that just keeps us drifting along the course with you. It's a devotion from our heart that we choose to love you. And through that love, we're compelled to obey you. We're compelled to submit our lives and our hearts to you. We're compelled to look at people in new ways so that we can reach out to all the corners of the world and our, and our communities, that we can strengthen our communities. And ultimately, we're called to serve you. We just thank you for that truth today. Lord, I pray for this local church in, in every area. I don't know their struggles, and I don't even know all of their positive things here. But I know you have a plan for them. Plans to prosper them, not to harm them. Plans of a good future. And Lord, I just know you. That you're just, you're waiting for people to submit to you. You're waiting for those hearts to become new and and ready to receive what you have. You have storehouses of blessing. You just can't wait to pour on this place and these individuals. Just pray that they're bold enough to receive it. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org, and we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.